I'm Alex and this is the Northern Guide to Happiness. Welcome to episode eight. As always, I'm here in our virtual studio with the rest of the podcast team, Andrea, Kath and Chris. How is everybody today? Very good, thank you. Excellent. Well, yes, very well. (laughs) That sounded a bit of a hesitant yes, Kath. Yeah, it's been a strange day. It's got even better now that I'm speaking to you all. Oh, yes, softy. I I must admit, you know, over the last, you know, nearly year or so, meeting up with you, you know, on a regular basis, it always brings a smile to my face. It's always nice to kind of get together, especially when we were in the like the middle of lockdown. It was good to kind of, yeah, see some friendly faces and talk about happy things. So, uh, yeah, yeah, these sessions always make me feel better. Andrea, how are you today? I'm I'm good, thanks. I've I've gone on a little trip um, to Easter today. Nice. Um, as part of a project that I'm involved in. And I was given a Russian tarragon plant. Ooh. So if anyone's got any recipes for Russian tarragon, I, yeah, I'd love to know them. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite excited. Before we hit record, we were kind of talking about uh, compost disasters. So uh, maybe, we need to, <laughs> maybe we need to sort out... Uh, Making sure we don't uh, kill this one off as well. We, we we seem to have a we seem to have a habit of killing plants off on this podcast team. Uh, so uh, good luck to your Russian tarragon plants. Yes, thank mm-hmm. you. I think we need to keep tabs on that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To, to see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. And com- compare uh, it to Chris's um, orchid. Yeah, yeah. just come back from the dead. <laughs> yeah, it's <a> zombie orchid. <laughs> so what makes Russian tarragon different to regular mm. tarragon? I. Presumably, <laughs> I think it originates from Russia, possibly. <laughs> oh, <you're right. laughs> I could be wildly wrong. I haven't done my research. I just, I just thought it sounded like a, a lovely thing to share. Yeah, sounds good. Well, let we'll us know see. what you uh, cook up with it. Keep you posted, yeah. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting because our, our guest interview this week talked about wild garlic. So uh, it's interesting that you you brought up the yeah. Russian tarragon. Mm. So, yeah, yes. interesting. Kath, what have you been up to? I've been exercising my decision-making skills. Ooh. Wow. Intriguing. Yes, I decided that I wanted a new pair of slippers. Find okay. thing to decide, yes. And I went to an establishment where slippers were available <laughs> and spent about 20 minutes just looking at them, thinking, they're nice, they're nice, they're nice. And actually making the decision was just so difficult. <laughs> and I think it's a sign of the times, basically. Um, but eventually I chose, I chose them on colour. And they're a beautiful, beautiful burgundy colour. And if listeners could imagine that I have got my beautiful, beautiful burgundy slippers under the desk here. And they're keeping my toes nice and warm. <laughs> well, this week, um, sorry to go back to the camper van, Kath, but this week I discovered a switch in the van on the dashboard, which I thought did nothing, does actually do something. Is it a stealth button? And... No, it's not a stealth button. Oh, okay. um, but you know, you know that episode of Friends where they find that switch in the in the apartment and, yes. and they can't seem to work out what it does. Well, I had a switch like that in the van, mm-hmm. and we took it for its MOT, and 
I've discovered that it's actually the switch for the uh, the windscreen washers. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the switch that you you, you switch to get the water out uh, to clean your windows. And how long, how long have you had this vehicle? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, nearly ten years. <laughs> Please warn us when you're going. <laughs> Well, we, we never take her out in, in bad weather, really. So we've never needed to kind of clean the windscreen. We only go out when it's nice, you know, nice sunny weather. Um, so, yeah, we discovered the switch actually uh, shoots the water out to clean the windows. Every day is a school day. Isn't it? It was actually broken. It was actually broken. The, the, uh, the mechanic had to sort of fix the pump. So it wasn't even working. But now it is. So all the way home, I was switching the switch and cleaning my window. <laughs> and now it's broken again. Well, hopefully not. <laughs> On that note, shall we introduce this week's guest interview? <laughs> this week I talked to Zoe Murter, who amongst many things is a groups and activities worker for Newcastle Carers. She also works freelance in the creative and cultural sector, so we talked a little bit about that as well. We had a lovely discussion about the colours and smells that she associates with happiness as well as her joy of wild swimming and how her work brings her happiness too. So enough of me talking, here's Zoe. Zoe, a very warm welcome to the Northern Guide to Happiness. Thank you for joining me today. How are you feeling? Yay, thank you so much. Um, I'm feeling good. Uh, there's some blue sky outside the window and yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to our, our lovely chat. So the last time we caught up, we had a we had a pre-recording chat, didn't we, about a week or so ago? And mm-hmm. you were the, the weather was similar to this, and you were saying if it's if it's like this, I'm going to go and do a bit of sea swimming. And then as soon as we got off, the, <laughs> got off the call, the heavens opened and we had thunder and lightning and all sorts. Did you still go? I still went. Yeah, um, even though uh, we somehow managed to jinx it, um, it was thundering and lightning and very chaotic outside um but at about quarter past four 20 past four there was a little uh, sliver of blue in the sky um so my uh, my flatmate came in and we we were like let's go let's go um so we we tootled off to the coast and we managed to have a lovely swim uh, we didn't last very long in the sea but we uh, we managed to do it whilst the the sun was above us um and then as soon as we got out and dressed and uh, we're walking back along the beach with a cup of coffee it started again <laughs> it was obviously meant to so be it was lucky yeah we were really really <laughs> lucky and you know what it was really nice it was kind of exactly what I needed that day um and I'm really glad that we took that opportunity so how long have you been doing it is it something that that brings you happiness swimming in the sea definitely um not very long and uh, I'm definitely by no means a a seasoned (laughs) sea swimmer it's very much just a, a casual um hobby um maybe about a year just under a year I think I moved away for a little bit last year and then when I came back it was around this time of year and obviously we were at a point where we couldn't really do anything other than go outside and um, me and my friend started cycling to the coast or uh, just getting to the coast and dipping in the sea even for a few minutes and building it up a couple of minutes at a time and actually it was just 
exactly what I needed at that time and I've just not not stopped going since um so it's very sporadic I'm not one of these people who kind of gets up at 6am and goes every day (laughs) but if there's a nice looking week coming up and uh you know happen to be free and around then yeah I love nothing more than just dunking in the sea it's like a total body reset I love it so how does it feel? You've mentioned, yeah, that, that reset word there. How does it feel going in the sea and, yeah, waking up? <laughs> waking up is is absolutely right, you know. I think it's um, it feels a little bit like turning your brain off and on again for me. It's almost like when the day feels kind of big or life feels kind of... Uh, chaotic or busy there's something about just having a few moments in the sea in the cold water that just kind of calms everything down because you know I guess at that point you're just thinking about being alive and keeping your head above water (laughs) and you're surrounded by all this glorious kind of blue space well hopefully blue depending where (laughs) and what day you go and then you come out and it's it's almost like all of those things that your brain was full of before you went in the sea are still there, but somehow just a, taking up a little bit less space or just that little bit easier to process. Yeah, so it feels quite, I don't know, cleansing in a way, I suppose. It's interesting that you said the words blue space there because a a couple of weeks ago we had um, someone called Zara on the podcast and she works for the Environment Agency and she was talking to me about how there's just something about blue space, even compared to green space, Mm. that just improves people's well-being and also they think people's ability to process and handle pain as well, which I thought was fascinating so it's interesting that you've kind of seen that link already with yeah just being in blue space is good for your soul is good for you it's so interesting as well isn't it I think especially because kind of in our language we talk about blue as being maybe like a sad color yeah um or you know feeling a bit blue or feeling a bit under the weather or I don't know the word glum always feels a little bit blue to me Mm. um but actually yeah like some of our our loveliest things to look at or be around a blue like our blue sky and our lovely open seas and I think it's funny isn't it the way that yeah our language around happiness and our relationship to colour and I do love green spaces as well like I love you know forests and hills and I love just being outside generally but yeah there is something very very calming I think about being surrounded by that expansive blue yeah yeah Do you see a connection then between colour and happiness? I do. I think I'm a very visual person. I really like colour. I like filling my house with colour and I like wearing colour and I appreciate different colours sitting alongside each other. Um, So I, I, I do. I definitely do. And I think even when you kind of think of happy memories, I kind of see the colours and the smells and the tastes and try and really imagine it. So I definitely have colours that I look at and think, oh, I like having that around. I like having that in my line of vision. Whereas some shades or tones I wouldn't necessarily choose to have around me. 
I remember, you know, when I was a student living in student accommodation and the walls would always be painted magnolia, you know, just mm-hmm. sort of standard magnolia colour. And I think just years and years of living in magnolia student accommodation, as soon as I got my own place, I was like, right, purple, pink, yellow, <laughs> let's get some yeah. colour on the walls. This is totally, yeah, where I'm at at the moment. So I'm still in, in rented housing and um, it is, it's just this standard sort of, one colour fits all decor situation Um, and I think I'm very much one for well I'm just going to fill the room with me in whatever way I can so even if the walls are this kind of bland porridge colour at least I've got one of a poster next to it or a candle I really like or lots of coloured yarn um, I think you, the space that you're in does massively massively change your your mindset yeah what about smells then you talked about smells are are there any particular smells that bring happiness to you or remind you of happy times Mm, it's a really nice question and kind of ironically my sense of smell isn't amazing because I do have really bad hay fever Um, (laughs) (laughs) so sometimes that's just a complete no-go area anyway but smells I think there's kind of there's the nostalgic uh, sun cream on holiday or you know my mum's perfume is of course a big one especially when you've not seen someone in such a long Mm. time or bonfires and uh, kind of the smell of bonfire toffee uh, on fireworks night birthday cake and I really like kind of like uh, citrusy smells as well Um, I really love kind of lemons and ginger and anything that feels kind of fresh uh, Mm. but natural I really really love there's something I think one smell for me that makes me happy and I can't quite pinpoint it but it's that smell when because I I love camping and we we go Mm -hmm. camping when we can and and the smell when you open the van door of just being in the early morning there's like an early morning smell when you're camping and that probably sounds really dodgy but it just (laughs) smells really fresh and it's not necessarily cut grass or anything like that Mm. but there's just there's just a smell when you're on a campsite of just being outdoors and being in nature. Yeah, it's something that, that brings yeah. me happiness. I think this this freshness is quite nice, isn't it? This And I feel like maybe that goes back to the sea swimming in a way. There's this idea of like new or fresh or starting again. And I think, I don't know, maybe the idea of possibility brings me happiness. The idea of, oh, well what could today hold what could this month hold what could this year hold and I think maybe there's they're all kind of related in a way Mm. I've seen a few friends on Instagram actually who have done things I could do this month and they've kind of written a list almost like a to-do list of possibilities you know I I could do this I could do that and it's it's often kind of season related and and the sorts of things that you might do during that month I think that's interesting I've never tried Mm. it but maybe it's something I should but that just reminded me of that when you said that I guess um one thing just going back to smells one thing that I didn't mention that is everywhere at the moment and definitely definitely makes me happy is the wild garlic oh yes mm-hmm. just catches you doesn't it as you're mm-hmm. cycling through a, a wagon way or you know as you're walking through a park or something it's yeah it's a fresh smell isn't it <laughs> and I think because it's because it is annual as well 
I think there's that something uh, really interesting about, oh, okay, another year has passed and the wild garlic is back. And I don't know, I think maybe there's something really nice about measuring time like that. <laughs> By smells. Yeah. Mm, I like that idea. <laughs> Have you ever done anything with wild garlic? I've never tried to make anything with it. Have you? Yes, almost to the point where I never want to see it again, to be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I do love it. Yeah, I do uh, wild garlic pesto. I'll put it in risottos, gnocchi, um, salsas. Yeah, I, re- I do really like cooking with it. I think as much of the smell, it is that colour thing again. It's just so green. And it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's just lots of, I don't know. It's, very, it's a very like activating thing. Is it, does it taste like the garlic that you'll get in the supermarket or does it taste different? I would say it's a cousin of supermarket <laughs> garlic. Like it's definitely garlic. It's definitely garlicky. Like you are going to want everyone around you to also eat it so that you don't massively reek. Um, <laughs> but it's definitely um, maybe a little bit more bitter or a little bit more pungent. I don't know. Mm. I feel like I'm not painting it in the best light here. <laughs> I'll have to. I'll have to give it a try. As I say, yeah, there's bit. There's a few places around us that I've smelt it recently. So maybe I need to uh, be brave, and you'll have to share a recipe with me, and I'll. Oh, definitely. I'll give it a go. But anyway, we've talked about all sorts already, but we've not actually asked you to introduce yourself. Oh, no. Zoe, would you mind just maybe just saying a few words, you know, just to sort of say who you are, what you do, how would you like to express yourself? Yeah. Yeah, sure. So um, my name's Zoe. Uh, I go by she, her or they, them pronouns. I am currently working as Young Carers Groups and Activities Worker at Newcastle Carers and we define being a carer as someone who looks after a family member, friend, neighbour, who's ill, disabled, has mental health problems or addiction. So a bulk of my work at the moment is with Newcastle Carers, Um, but I also have a freelance practice uh, where I work with theatres and galleries in the North East as well, as well as my own um, writing, writing and theatre and arts practice. So yeah my my main bulk of work at the moment is with the charity and then I also have my own bits on the side and I express myself through art music conversations the work that I do the clothes I wear and yeah just kind of trying to figure out where I fit in the world alongside everyone else really (laughs) yeah yeah So being an activities coordinator then sounds like it's, it, it's good fun, but I imagine there's some challenges to it then working with young carers. And I know you can't speak on their behalf, but um, mm. it must be sort of challenging at the same time. Yeah, so in my role as young carers groups and activities worker, we kind of try and give young carers, provide a space where uh, you can come and have a break, and meet other people in similar situations and make new friends and share experiences, but also just to explore what is important to you and what you want to say to the world and how you can develop your skills and uh, sense of excitement. Um, So we do a lot of, uh, well, at the moment, online games and activities, art, all sorts of different things. I suppose it can be difficult, particularly with, you know, the online challenges. Um, 
and also because people's care and responsibilities are so varied that it it really nice to hear what they want to do mm. and try to um you know be trusted with the responsibility of being able to hopefully provide that and listen to that and be someone that they want to talk to about these things but I'm really excited about the summer we've got coming up and what sort of activities we might get to do and hopefully get to meet some of these people that I've been building relationships with over the last however many months face to face in real life and um, that feels like such a massive thing at the moment it'll be yes I saw some people today actually um who yeah I've only seen in 2d <laughs> on a screen and then yes to see them in in real life it's like oh can I still remember how to uh, talk to people <laughs> in yeah. real life oh that sounds like good fun then so lots of activities planned for the summer summer holidays yeah get in there get in there I think to be honest a lot of the things that we've done online will be able to move quite nicely into person so we kind of had a pizza night um about a month oh, ago where yeah we sent everyone <laughs> pizza and we all ate pizza together on zoom and did a quiz um so i think we might do like a pizza in the park sort of uh take on that um and yeah just i'm kind of just in the process of talking to everyone now and getting a sense of what people might want to do but yeah it, i'm excited i think just hoping that uh newcastle summer is going to come through with some sunshine well, we've not been too lucky with the weather so far, have we? We're, we're, we're owed it. <laughs> I'd say so. <laughs> so tell me about your freelance work then. You know, you've mentioned there that you work for the for the Carers Centre, but you also do other stuff in, in theatre and, and the arts. What, what sort of things do you get up to? Yeah, so I always think that my uh, kind of freelance practice has a few strands. And the main ones of those are my kind of creative work in my writing practice, directing practice. Um, so I've just written and directed a short film, mm -hmm. which was really exciting. And we've just kind of signed off the final edit for that, um, which is super, super cool. And I'm sure it won't surprise you to know that at the end of the film, uh, the main character jumps into the sea. <laughs> so that feels like a lovely <laughs> sort of cyclical thing. Yeah, so I've been working on film. I'd love to do some more film. Uh, I do a lot of uh, poetry, zine making, um, short story writing and write plays as well. But for me, all of my work is about people and identity. So even when I'm doing my own projects like uh, writing for theatre, I'm still trying to engage with um, kind of the characters that how they would live in our world and where they would sit and kind of looking at real world issues and experiences and trying to find my own way of talking about those things. So it's kind of that strand. And then there's my facilitation and community arts work, um, which is of absolute equal importance to my other projects. Um, and that can be things like going into schools to deliver poetry workshops, working with young women to take part in activism. It can be working with young younger LGBT groups to make banners for pride festivals, all sorts of different projects, uh, which I really, really love because it means that it's very diverse. My work at the moment is mainly with kind of younger people, but a lot of my practice in the past has also been working with older people. So before my role at Newcastle Carers, I was Older People's Programme Coordinator at ARC in Stockton. 
and um, I used to do some older people's work in my role at Northern Stage, which was before that as well. So I'm really interested in intergenerational projects and how we can use kind of art, theatre, conversation as a tool to bring people of all different backgrounds, ages, uh, communities together to have conversations about interesting and weird and difficult and messy and lovely things. So it sounds like you're just sitting around twiddling your thumbs then. (laughs) (laughs) I do also like be lazy. (laughs) No two days are ever the same. That is very true. Yeah. But I do also like to just, you know, have a nice long cup of tea or brunch with a friend or watch Legally Blonde on repeat, you know? (laughs) Guilty. There's nothing wrong with a guilty pleasure every now and then. Absolutely not. (laughs) I like to binge watch all sorts of things. Yeah. So does your work bring you happiness then, Zoe? This this podcast is all about, yeah, happiness, well-being. Do you get happiness from your work? Absolutely. And I think actually um, the pandemic has made me think about this in a lot of ways because I don't think I realize how much of my worth I tied up with my work until Mm. all of my work stopped yeah so that was really interesting uh, for me to discover and it also made me think about when I wasn't enjoying my work and whether that was because of burnout or because of not knowing my limits I don't know what it is Um, but it made me really think about okay well if I'm not enjoying something I'm not doing it right So I definitely do get happiness from that. And I think because a lot of the work I do is fun. Like I have a fun job. My job is to make art with people and to give people spaces to express themselves. Like who could ask for anything better than that, really? Um, But I think if it does start to get to a point where I'm not enjoying that, then how can I expect the people that engage with me to enjoy that? So I think over the last year, I've definitely been able to reflect more on why my work brings me happiness and how I can ensure that that continues to be the case. And how does that happiness manifest itself, if that's the right word? So how do you, how do you know, what, what is the happiness that your work brings you? Can you describe it? The happiness is in wanting to tell people about it. I think the happiness is in going, we did this amazing thing today, or this person said this thing that was really vulnerable and brilliant today, or this person's just told me this thing that is amazing. And I've been having a lot of think, think, I've been having a lot of thinks recently. I've been having (laughs) so many things. I've been having a lot of thoughts recently about this line of work and ego. And when you're thinking about the work making you happy because you've enabled something in someone and when the work is making you happy because you're genuinely just enjoying that process with someone and I think that's really interesting I don't think I've cracked that yet but I think the the happiness from me comes from seeing progress seeing people start to open up more someone telling you that they've been working on something that they started in a session with you someone doing something that is brave for them Mm. someone that challenges me something that makes me think about my practice and uh, the way that I'm interacting with different projects I think for me the happiness just comes from knowing that every day is different 
knowing that things are always moving and knowing that even if the work I do is a very small part of someone else's day it's a very big part of my life that I'm putting into that small part of people's day and I hope that that kind of joy that I feel translates. I thought it was interesting how you said there that you know your work is constantly moving and I I do freelance work as well and I think at the beginning that that really terrified me that I didn't know what I'd be doing in kind of six months time but it was also incredibly exciting at the same time that I didn't know what was going to be happening in six months time but I knew that something would be happening in six months time and I think there's that balance isn't there between having having a bit of stability dare I say it as a freelancer but also that that flexibility and that freedom and knowing that yes you might not know what's going to be going on but you know that there'll be something happening um yeah and I think even just in like in the bulk of my work which is with Newcastle carers that's still the case in that we're always kind of taking part in these amazing projects or there's a young carers action day coming up or there's um, a scheme that we can get involved in or we're applying for funding for this amazing opportunity so I think like across the board Mm. there's definitely a sense of movement and I think that is what brings me happiness is that that constant evolution yeah. of okay the next thing the next thing the next thing and I think actually when I stop appreciating that that's when I'm like oh everything's a bit too big everything's a bit too overwhelming I want to be still now and I mm. think for me I'm definitely working towards a place where I can recognize that stillness doesn't have to mean bad or boring or dull and it can just mean taking a breath so that you can run faster at the next post <laughs> That makes perfect sense. That's a really good description. Thank you. When you think of the words happiness, then, is that a word you're comfortable with? Is it something that you recognise that you experience? Yeah. What do you think of the word happiness when you when you hear it? It feels vague, I think. I think there's a lot of me that just thinks, oh, well, if I can just do this thing, then I'll be happy. Or, oh, if I can just achieve this thing, then I'll be happy. Or if I can just find this space for myself, then I'll be happy. And I don't necessarily know what you always expect from the end goal. I think when I was younger, I used to beat myself up about this a lot. Mm. Um, You know, I I used to kind of sit and think, oh a really amazing things happened in my career recently and I've got amazing family around me and I've got lovely friends so why aren't I happy and I think I used to get quite frustrated at myself because I knew also you know that a lot of people in the world are a lot less privileged than I am and actually was there something very selfish about not being happy when I had all the tools in front of me to be happy so I think it's a difficult word because I would say I am generally a happy person, but it takes a lot of things for me to be able to say that, you know, it takes a lot of reflecting on my own mental health and physical health and uh, what's going on with the people around me. And I think it's such a transient thing Mm. um, that there's, I could tell you times when I don't feel happy as easily as I could tell you times when I do feel happy. But I guess it's also the thing of, you know, you you do appreciate the good times more when you acknowledge that there's been some bad times as well. Um, and generally, I have been a very lucky person. Like I have had some really lovely experiences and 
have yeah really good things happen in my life so it's not a word that I would proclaim on a daily basis like I'm so happy but I think sometimes you sometimes there might be a moment where you're you know you just put the phone down after calling a friend or you've just kind of I don't know put a glass on the table after finishing a nice meal with a family member and I think there's a moment of reflection in a stillness that comes after a particularly happy experience that makes you maybe recognize that Mm. um and they're the moments that I'm trying to show more gratitude for than I have in the past and notice more yeah I think it's the noticing it isn't it I mean Mm. I think sometimes you don't I think we talked to um somebody back I think it was uh Andrea I think back in the um in the first uh podcast series and she talks about retrospective happiness and Mm -hmm. and I think somebody else talked about it as well this idea that you don't realize that you're happy at the time until you look back and and think oh that was a really happy moment or that was a really happy time in my life or something that you were dreading yeah um actually turns out to be a really great moment yeah um and I think I I get that a lot I think actually and it wasn't until they kind of said it on the podcast that I was like oh yes yes I've experienced that Mm. um so yeah maybe it's, it's it's sometimes quite hard I think to recognize when you're happy if you're Definitely. not thinking about it all the time. Yeah, and I think equally, you know, I I can look at photos of myself from when I feel like I was having a particularly bad time and I can be smiling and hugging my friends and, you know, have a, a beautiful dress on and I look at that p- picture and I think, oh, I look, I look all right there, like I look really nice. But I distinctly remember that period of my life not feeling my best at mm. all. And I think there's also a bit, of, there's a bit of brain trickery that goes on there, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas now I might look at a photo that I think, oh, that's not a particularly flattering photo. Or that's, a, you know, that feels, I don't really remember that day, but I look at when it was taken and I'm like, oh yeah I was I was good then that was nice that was a nice time I find photos a really good memory trigger for me I I sometimes find it hard to put my past life into context but then when Mm -hmm. I see pictures they're great triggers for me is yeah to sort of remember um remember moments yeah I'm the same You've mentioned a few things already that kind of have brought you happiness. You know, we've, we've talked about the sea swimming, your work, watching, you know, films on, on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, what other things bring you happiness? Uh, I love music. Mm-hmm. Um, I love live music. Music's always been a very big part of my family um, my upbringing. So I absolutely love music. I love putting a record on in the kitchen and cooking a big lasagna for my friends. I love walks on the hills. I love kind of feeling a little bit wild. You know, sometimes when you're you're out for <laughs> a walk. Tell me more. <laughs> I think like, you know, sometimes when you just get like an urge to run or to sing or to swim, or I think uh, I quite enjoy opportunities to be spontaneous. Mm-hmm. I love dancing. I love going out dancing. I love, you know, seeing live 
entertainment festivals gigs all sorts of I like just sitting in a, a quiet empty cinema and watching a film that I don't really understand very much <laughs> you know um I think nothing groundbreaking that you won't have heard before but just the the little things that feel uh stabilizing do you have a happy place Zoe either metaphorically or physically (laughs) I have a few I think yeah one of the main ones would be at the coast uh the northeast coast like specifically um I just think it's so beautiful and um I don't know it's kind of funny um I suppose but when I first moved to Newcastle I had no idea that we were by the coast so it was an absolute lovely surprise when my first year <laughs> of uni flatmate <laughs> said let's go on the metro to Whitley Bay and I was like what <laughs> we're near the sea um and I still get that nostalgic sort of childlike excitement um at that so definitely definitely that um and I really like my uh I've got family in West Yorkshire um and I love uh the hills around there I love uh the stories of the of the places I love the landscape I love the animals yeah so I really like I really like those places I feel like I could say something more exotic (laughs) about you know holidays that I've been on or anything like that but to be honest I'm just I'm very happy just with these places that I spend a lot of time in Mm. And so many people have talked about the coast as being uh, and, and being by the sea as being somewhere that, yes, brings them happiness. Mm. Um, I think we're incredibly lucky up here in the northeast, aren't we, that we've got, yes, wonderful coastline um, yeah. all the way down. And then but, you know, in the other direction, we've got brilliant countryside as mm-hmm. well and, and great cities and yeah, it's great. urban and areas as well. I grew up in um, in Nottinghamshire. Uh, so we were kind of as far away from the sea as you could <laughs> right be, in the you middle. know, like right in the middle, we were kind of maybe two and a half hours away from the nearest coast. And even, you know, where where I live had nice things about it, but we were very much just on a flat estate in quite a industrial area. So I think that those, even though we went on, you know, lovely trips and everything, those, it wasn't a case of walk out your front door and there's yeah. hills and there's Let's sea go. and there's park yeah. and there's waterfalls and there's valleys like it wasn't like that at all so I think those spaces access to those spaces and such free access to those spaces do still feel like a novelty and a treat to me Mm. because of growing up in small mining town Mm. in terms of um, maintaining positive well-being and happiness levels I suppose you know is, is there anything that you try and do you know if you're feeling feeling a bit under the weather a bit blue a bit glum what can you what do you try and do to maintain your positive well-being Mm, it's so difficult isn't it because I think this has to change all the time and sometimes you don't know what you need for yourself I think that's the other thing isn't it sometimes Mm. you just don't know how to get out of it and sometimes it can be something that you are stuck in for a little bit and have to just kind of come out organically um but I suppose it's very much for me a case of um distraction Mm -hmm. um can I 
can I uh, sit outside a cafe with a book? Can I find time to do that? Talking to people on the phone or, you know, going and hanging out in someone's garden um, and just checking in with people. If I'm not swimming uh, in the sea, I try and go to the pool. Uh, I find if I can limit my access to like my phone or my computer for a few hours, that will level me. Walking around listening to listening to music, listening to playlists. I think again, just this idea of grounding and reminding myself that there's people around me and I have a support network, but also reminding myself that I can trust myself to do what I want and what I need and trusting myself that, you know, when things aren't feeling so great that that will pass. Mm. Um, and I think that's such a journey, isn't it? Like I've definitely not cracked any of these things and I'm sure, you know, as much as everyone else there has been unhealthy ways of dealing with things in the past. And I think, yeah, it's evolving. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. The grounding and trusting yourself. Yes, that's that's a great way of describing it. Thank you, Zoe. It's been great talking to you this this afternoon. Um, Thank you so much. It's the first time I think that we've talked about happiness in relation to colour and mm, smell. That's exciting. So, yeah, it really is. I, I I like how you know I think you know we're you know nearly at our fortieth episode, you <gasps> know, and you know every single one has been different. Even though you know the same same things pop up yeah. every now and then. Every single interview that we've done has been different and has brought something different to um, to the project. So, yeah, smells and sounds of happiness. Uh, I, I can see a whole other project, whole other podcast coming out of that one. You know, looking That'd at smells brilliant. and sounds, yeah. fabulous. So thank <laughs> you so much for for kind of talking about that and yeah, sharing your thoughts on happiness. So thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been lovely. I feel kind of kind of warm now, good, just good. thinking about it. Um, <laughs> That's what we like to hear. Yeah, I feel set up for the rest of my day. Thank you so much. You're welcome and thank you. So that was Zoe. What did people think? That was great. There was such a lot in it, wasn't there, really? Mm. Yeah. I really enjoyed doing that interview. She was a really interesting person to talk mm. to. Um, Kath, what did you think? When I was making notes, I was writing significant words down and I've got a list of fascinating words that she used. She talked a lot about blue water, green mm -hmm. grass and the whole thing about the colour of happiness, really. And instantly you could switch your mind to that, something that that means to you. So um, the other thing that I found found really fascinating listening to her talk about open water swimming, because it's such mm -hmm. a such a thing we come across very regularly on the podcast. And it was it was very strange because recently I've been listening to a lovely program that Jim Al-Khalili does called The Life Scientific. Oh, and yeah. he'd been talking about um, the, the scientific benefits of keeping your body active and in the extreme almost uh, within the, your capabilities and the, the benefits that, that come from that. He was talking about his 89-year-old father who uh, does quite ex still does quite a lot of things that you wouldn't expect. And there was something about people taking, more, taking on more challenge in their life, I think, 
which mm-hmm. is going to benefit us going forward, really. So mm-hmm. it really hit the spot what she was talking about uh, that, that on that interview, yeah. Thanks, Kath. Chris, what did you think? This is going to make me sound really daft, um, but I, I, I too was taking notes all the way through. I was having real difficulty, kind of difficulty keeping up because Zoe obviously, you know, brimming with energy and enthusiasm for everything that she does. Um, the, I don't know, the, the bit of the conversation which really stood out for me was when you were both talking about um, pictures and sort of looking back and, and, and reminiscing over things. Um, and, you know, particularly about sort of looking back at pictures of a time that you remember. Um, and actually that made me think about um, when, because a, a couple of months, more than a couple of months ago, it was over a year ago, we were rooting through um, some old family pictures at my mum's and there were all the pictures of me when I was a teenager. And I wasn't a particularly happy teenager. Um, very low confidence, anxiety problems and all sorts of stuff. And so I don't have good memories. So whenever I think about me as a teenager, I kind of go, oh God, <laughs> don't, don't make me think of that. Um, but then looking at the pictures from, you know, 30 years distance, thinking, well, actually he looks okay. You know, he, he looks like a normal teenager doing normal teenage things. And maybe maybe that time wasn't quite so bad after all. And um, maybe I should sort of release myself from from mm. worrying about things in the past like that maybe that's a um a way to to find a bit of happiness is to sort of reevaluate your stories mm. yeah, you, you, you don't always give credit for everything you've achieved in a lifetime when you've come through the teenage years or things that mm. maybe haven't been as successful as you would have liked them to be yeah and to think yeah. where you've got to she was she's a very wise woman yeah mm. she is what about you, Andrea? What did you think? Yeah, I agree. I, I love listening to Zoe and um, picking up on what Kath was saying about moments of challenge. As soon as you were talking about the wild garlic, it brought back a kind of lockdown one nightmare where <laughs> I was taking on new challenges of foraging and <laughs> oh, interesting, <laughs> picking the wild garlic and, and making wild garlic pesto. But for some reason, I thought you had to add extra garlic. So, oh my god, the, just just the horror of of opening the jar. What have I created? And burning our retinas. It was just really horrible. <laughs> oh, it sounds <laughs> so like a magical time. <laughs> so that was quite interesting. And I live in the the Gateshead area, and sort of so it's evoking kind of some of the walks that we had in in lockdown, particularly around sort of Longacre Wood area. Mm. Um, but I really, what I really loved about Zoe's interview and perspectives is just picking up on the small moments, like mm. the granular. And I could really relate to that, you know, like when she said moments of sitting in a cinema, watching a film, I don't understand, mm. you know, it's, it's like, <laughs> I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I think that there's those moments, particularly when you're on your own. And I think there's been a lot of talk about missing human connection but actually there's the times that you've had to yourself and can think about actually this is just what I need this kind of simple experience that I'm having I I could just really relate to that so I I yeah had full respect for for her raising that it's great I liked as well how she sort of compared her sort of levels of happiness, I guess, at at work and in her work, particularly her creative work, with how 
other people have experienced the, the the creativity that she was producing as well so if somebody else was having a great time that made her feel happy as well yeah. um and kind of knowing that it's it's okay to stop um and and pause if that helps recharge you for the next really busy time um so i thought that was a really interesting reflection as, as you say a very a very wise woman well thank you everybody and thank you zoe that was a fab interview if you've been inspired by this podcast episode then we'd love to hear from you we love hearing your stories and opinions on what happiness means to you you can get in touch via email hello at the northern guides to happiness.co.uk or you can find us on twitter at north happiness and instagram and facebook at northern happiness we're really glad to be back spreading more joy and happiness around the northeast thanks to funding from the national lottery community fund and the newcastle covid fund so thank you so much to our funders for your support Next time, we have Tom Corker, who has lived and worked in Newcastle all his life. He ran the popular student venue, the Trent House, for 25 years and established the nightclub World Headquarters in 2009. He is passionate about the city of Newcastle and has some fascinating views on happiness. So this is an episode not to be missed. So you'll hear me ask Tom questions like this. Is, is happiness something that you think about much do you think about happiness and hear him give answers like this yes i do i think about happiness a lot because there's a sort of yin and yang of it i think about unhappiness a lot as well i mean i assume that most of the world is unhappy due to unfairness the, the history of societies colonialism the self-interest of government that's all stacked the game against the majority of the population human population of the world you know if you look at the covid situation in india at the moment you know there's no happiness there so I think about that, and so I have to, you have to find a way to find happiness, your, your personal happiness. And I have certain things that make me happy that I really focus on, and that's why I am, I suppose, generally a happy guy, because I focus on the things I know will make me happy. So we've reached the end of another episode. We hope you're enjoying listening to the Northern Guide to Happiness so far. Take care, and see you all again next week for another episode. Bye.